Hello, 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 and welcome to the Play on Words Power Half Hour. This is your host here, Ryan Alpers, with our special guest tonight, the vet Del Toro and Aaron. Don't call me Keeper Sutherland. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the garage. I, hello. How you, how, how's everything going? It's going well. It's going well. Yeah. That's good. This is the first time we record a podcast in the rain. Maybe we can hear it. No, you can't. <laughs> you can't. But. Uh, it's an exciting episode because not only are we going to talk about a vet you're reading just last couple weeks ago, who knows when this is getting published, but in the past, you read 30 pounds in three months at the last uh, reading for Play on Words at Cafe Stretch, The Activists Unite, January 17, 2018. We're going to talk about that and hear it in a moment, but we're also going to talk about mini lights. That's why Aaron's here today. Hello. Hello. So let's first uh, have a listen here to 30 Pounds in Three Months by Christine Stoddard. Anything you want to say about the piece before we listen to it here? Um, I just thought when I first read it and in actually performing it, um, it was a very powerful piece that really spoke to me. Um, and it also made me very upset uh, with the current political climate. Um, I think it's an important piece to hear. Let's hear it right now on the Play on Words Power Half Hour, coming right to your ear hole. This is 30 Pounds in Three Months by Christine Stoddard. On August 8, 2016, all five foot one of my Salvadoran flesh and bones weighed 115 pounds. My weight was documented, though I am myself undocumented. The doctor accepted all patients, including ones whose parents stopped communicating with the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services when she was still in lacquered pigtails watching Topo Gigio on Saturdays. The doctor's office quoted me the same rates any documented person would pay, but sometimes I still wondered if the office manager would call the police to cart me away in my hospital gown, nalgas flailing in the faces of passersby. I did not harbor much trust or even hope, given that I was always second-guessing where to dock my next ship. Was it safe to live here another year without papers? I worked for an auto repair shop, taking my weekly salary in cash, which my boss skimmed off the top from overquoted jobs that clueless customers also paid in cash. But if my boss fired me, where would I work next? Who would hire me without my papers in order? Who would pay me as well as this seedy little business paid me every week to keep their office in as tip-top shape as I kept my ship? How would I feed my son? Would I have to return to El Salvador, which I have not seen since I still thought Papa Noel was real? Since I was too young to appreciate the Lorocos and Medicusas, these questions etched in my psyche, as common as asking what the weather was or if I needed to go to the grocery store. But the news made them multiple. With each tweet, each meme, each soundbite, I gained half an ounce. I became less mobile. I sat on my sofa, hugging my son as I scrolled through my phone as a reflex. In reality, I was barely aware of his presence. I mainly thought of him when, I, when hunger hit me. No, not hunger, simply a need for food. The election spurred my oral fixation, and I had to shove whatever snack, however unappealing or unnecessary, into my mouth. He said, 
she said, he said, ad nauseum. On September 8th, 2016, all five foot one of my Salvadoran flesh and bones weighed 125 pounds. I might have noticed it if I weren't so preoccupied. Instead, I boiled more beans after work and obsessed over the latest immigration scares, as if my fear could change anything. All that changed was the fit of my clothes, especially pants. By October 8, 2016, I had to buy new clothes as urgently as I needed to visit the doctor. That was how I found myself dialing the doctor's office from the dressing room of a discount department store. I wept as I spoke to the receptionist. The doctor could not explain my weight gain. She only asked questions for which I had no answers. Normally, I had answers to questions, but suspected pirates would raid my ship at any moment. Surely I could not respond to, who are you voting for? With, I am an illegal alien and cannot vote even though I have lived in this damn country most of my life, 25 years. But that's how it is because the law is cruel. The doctor promised to run a few tests and get back to me. I heard nothing. By November 8, 2016, I did not recognize myself with 30 extra pounds on my frame. My face was bloated, my hands fat. Yet as I watched the map of the U.S. blush until it glowed red, I knew I, I wasn't suffering from cancer or a thyroid condition. And I knew that it would take me four years to lose the weight. Though, I might be slimming down por allá because of the new administration. Thank you. That's cool. That you're, so, that's, that's pretty neat. We just heard the uh, 30 pounds in how many months? Three months, right? 30 pounds in three months. Uh, yes. Yes, by Christine <laughs> Stoddard. Uh, that was read at Cafe Stretch, the Activist Unite show, January 17th, 2018. We're here with Yvette Del Toro and Aaron Don't Call Me Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying that now because it's hilarious <laughs> to me. Um, but you were just talking about, you You just heard that for the first time being recorded. Mm -hmm. So what, what were your takeaways from it? We, we haven't really talked to, besides Melinda Marks, one of the co-founders of Plan Words, another actor here in mm -hmm. the seat. So give me your thoughts, please. It's funny because yeah. hearing it again, it, I get the same feelings that I got um, when I was reading the piece the first time and when I read the piece out loud. And in hearing it, I can hear how my emotions are changing as I'm reading it. Um, and it, it, I mean, it affects how, when I listen to it, how I'm feeling. Like right now, I'm, I'm, I'm upset in that way of like, everything that she says in there is valid and true. And um, while I'm not an illegal immigrant, I'm, I'm not, you know, I have family who might be, <laughs> um, or who at some point were, and it, it, it makes me upset that there are so many people that have to feel that way because of, you know, the way that laws are. Yeah, the way that, you know, our, our society is, is set up and structured, mm -hmm. for better or worse, creates yeah. these situations. I mean, I, as a high school teacher, I mean, my students see this, you know, I see it through my students. My students, you know, fall, you know, are, are this, right? Yeah. And um, I thought it was a good reading to have for right now. Um, talk a little bit about the, the process you go through in prepper, preparing for that, for that moment, for that reading. Um, how, how do you get 
kind of to that point as an actor? Um, with these specific readings, I think it's just, uh, I read it a couple times over and I kind of just try to put myself in the situation of this person, like what they, if it was them actually saying these words aloud, what, you know, what are the emotions that are going through, you know, coursing through their body and what, what are the thoughts that are going, you know, through their mind, um, because as I said, like, I'm personally not in that position, but I can easily imagine being in that position um, because I do know some people that have had to go through that. Um, and it's a thing that I personally see on the news all the time, being um, part of the Latinx community. Um, so it's not exactly like a foreign concept to me. So I just kind of draw back from that um, and just try to with every word that I say as I'm reading the page, make it my own, make it personal. Your background is in theater. It is. This was a short story, not necessarily meant to be read on a stage. How do you kind of take that into account for then, you know, what it is that you do, you know, in front of that, in front of that microphone? Does anything change sort of or get translated you know what i mean from the mm -hmm. from the words to the to the voice you know there's there's a transfer there yeah mm -hmm. and, and talk us through that a little bit maybe <laughs> you mean in like um yeah it's like what in the theater kind of allows in you know in your background allows for us to to really kind of get captured in that in that story you know hearing it because mm -hmm. we're not following along we're not reading right we're listening yes what sort of you know what's different but between like reading it you know because you have to read it to, to perform it right mm -hmm. and then you know hearing it like what what's different there I think part of it is just the the way that you color certain words you as the person who's delivering this have to really use those words to paint that picture so that it's not just like me standing there you know looking down at the page and just reading as if I was reading to myself in my mind but like I said making it sound as if it's coming from that person like I'm not just reading something but actually telling you my inner monologue um, so in performance I will like for this kind of um, specific event I would look out specifically at certain people like look them dead in the eye um, and keeping as much of that focus up as possible so that it again, doesn't allow the audience so much to see, oh, this person's reading from a piece of paper and more like, I'm telling you this thing because it's urgent in this moment because it's my actual inner dialogue. Do you think it's a different story just reading it to yourself versus hearing it? Mm. Hearing a story? Hearing that story? I think it could be. Mm. Um, and it depends, I think, also on who's the person reading it if you're, you know if you're reading it off the page, but you have no concept of what this could be like, as opposed to hearing somebody that possibly does have an idea of what that might be like in someone's life, especially if it's somebody close to them. Um, maybe hearing that voice from the outside might make it more um, real, I guess. It definitely gives you that, that perspective of the, of the performer, you know, mm -hmm. reading. 
it's it's almost like three layers, right? You have the the story itself and that character and that persona, but mm-hmm. then you interpret that character and that persona, which was originally created, you know, by the by the author. So you have mm-hmm. these like three layers of of meaning almost that you hear, you know, live, right? And then we yeah. just listen to it. It gives it that. Yeah, it's like it's like a depth. I feel it, that you true. just don't really you don't really get just by reading it yourself, you know, because you have those three different perspectives going going straight in there. Yeah. One of the things that brought you to play on words was, let's call it your day job, I guess. <laughs> um, but talk us through kind of how you got involved with play on words to begin with here. Oh, man, I'm trying to remember exactly when the first time was. But I, I've known Melinda for a couple of years now. Um, and I think that's how I got involved. Um, it was uh, one of the other readings. What was it? Maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago. Um, and it was just kind of like, hey, you're an actor. Do you want to be part of this? And I just thought it was, sounded really cool <laughs> um, to, you know, just kind of be in a cafe or be in some spot and just be like, hey, people, listen, we're going to talk and give you all these great short stories or uh, read poems aloud. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. The podcast, <laughs> you know, it's still kind of, you know, whatever. But um, <laughs> the... Uh, yeah, it's this is the third time you've read for Plant Wars, isn't that right? I believe yes. So. Yeah, the yeah. third time. And uh I feel like each show just keeps getting keeps getting more interesting. Yeah. You know? But uh I tried to segue there, it was it was bad. But you work for the uh City Lights. I do. Theater <laughs> theater company. There's an organization. It's a uh, company. company. It's a company. Yeah. City Lights Theater Company in San Jose, California. Really it's it's on that sort of what what do you call that South First? It's the uh, Sofa district the Sofa area. District. Mm-hmm. I'm call it a theater district because you're there. The city lights. So let's call it a Sofa Theater District. But mm-hmm. it's uh, you know in San Jose, and the thing that's really interesting about City Lights that we're here really to talk about tonight is the Mini Lights Emerging Artist Program. It's something that is new, almost mm-hmm. as new as this podcast. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit. Tell us a little bit about it. Um. So. The Mini Lights Emerging Artist Program, and I'm looking over here at Erin because she's our um, marketing manager. I'm the artistic manager. Um, it started off kind of like a joke. Uh, <laughs> it was just kind of a group of us that work regularly at City Lights um, who, you know, have been heavily involved in a lot of the productions in one way or another, and we just thought it was funny that we were kind of like the mini versions of some of the other staff members and you know we talked about wouldn't it be cool if we had sort of our own second stage thing going on and we brought it up to the artistic director Lisa Millette and she thought it was funny but also took it very seriously and looked back at us and went hold on guys this could be a good thing this could actually be a thing um, so the you, you say the second stage concept. Just tell us, for those without the theater background. Yes. <laughs> what I mean, what is what is that? What does that mean to to a theater? A second stage. Do you wanna? Yeah, uh, yeah. And a second stage company, and um, is within a company, a smaller version. Uh, maybe only doing a couple plays, doing it in smaller spaces, black box spaces unique spaces and kind of an offshoot to do some other interesting plays that might not be featured in the main season your upcoming production boom 
by Peter Sinatra. It's it's for a short run, just a couple days. Is that kind of indicative of like the second stage? It's, it's the short run. You can kind of do things here that are a little bit more experimental, a little bit more kind of, you know, something that is uh different smaller budget smaller budget yes that type of thing <laughs> so that's that's kind of the model there where it, and then you have say you know hopefully i mean boom's just the start but mm -hmm. you know in a course of a year mini lights how many productions do you see kind of going through artistic direct director <laughs> <laughs> i mean it would be great to yeah. have at least one other one within the this year uh -huh. um we are currently just trying to get our feet, you know, wet yeah. with this one. Um, it is the first time that we've all kind of been in charge of running a, basically a theater company. And that's part of the the experience. I, I keep saying throughout this entire process, I've said this is a big learning experience for all of us um, because we've all been learning about every single aspect of running a theater company. Um, with the mentorship of some of the staff at City Lights. But um, since it is so new, at the moment we've just been like, all right, let's get Boom together. Let's figure that out. Um, but we, I think, are going to just continue to get, see how much money we can get in there and hopefully produce another show sometime soon after that. What surprised you about the process so far? You're about a month out. Mm -hmm. I don't want to freak you out. But it, yeah, you're, you're starting here the 22nd, right? We're so, already freaking out. Yeah, yeah we've been freaking out. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. What's What's been the biggest surprise for for the both of you? Hmm. Do you wanna? Do you have any? I mean, learning communication skills are very important. Um, I think that's one of our huge things is overcoming busy schedules since we all work other jobs and have other things in our lives and um, making sure that we can communicate and work as a team. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things we've learned collectively as a group. Would mm -hmm. you agree? I definitely would agree. Um, having worked or, you know, currently working at another more established theater company, that is still a thing that is a constant um, like a constant issue that keeps getting brought up, you know, communication is key and it's a good thing to always remember. So definitely during this process, it has been, you know, we've run into some bumps and it's always come back to that of communication, clear, open communication is always going to be the best thing. Um, I think personally, we've learned a lot. Yvette, you've learned how to uh, look for a director and hire a director. Yep. And um, I've <laughs> you've had to make your own website, stuff like that. Yeah. We were just talking about that website. We are, we're getting deep into it. Yes. Tell us who the director is, please. So our director for Boom is Melinda Marks, who is actually co-founder co -founder of Play, of on, Play Words. on Words. Such, so. a, such a small world. We're very excited about that. Um, and they just started rehearsals just a couple days ago, and it sounds like they're doing a fantastic job already. I think they, a couple days in, and they're already pretty much completely I'm already I'm already thing. snatching my tickets up. Oh, I don't, please, I don't know please about, do. I don't know about the rest of us listening here, but get your tickets now. I mean, it's a very limited run, so. Yeah. Limited house seats. Yeah. You can go through the minilights.org website. You can probably get it other ways, too. Are there other ways to get tickets? Mm -hmm. You can go on the City Lights website as well, and you can find uh, through the special events page. Is the city is it citylights.org? Or is yeah, it, yeah, it's cltc.org. CLTC. This internet these days with them websites is so <laughs> yeah. hard to remember things. 
We'll put it all on the on the you know on the what is that called metadata? Yeah, <laughs> we're on the Facebook. Words, the words that are attached to this podcast, we'll put it up there. Yeah. What made you choose Boom, Aaron? You were talking a little bit about like the logistics, just it being of certain parameters. But yes. but what what I mean, why do we really choose it? Like, what, yeah, other than <laughs> it's a a s- shorter one act comedy, um, with three you know small cast of characters it's funny it's dark it's dark (laughs) in some of its humor but it's really funny and a little messed up and slightly edgy I would say too yeah um and there's also I mean the concept of it is what if you know you found yourself in a basement with this guy who suddenly is like the world is about to end we are the only two people living and now we have to repopulate the world it's just kind of this crazy scenario. Creepy. Exactly. We've kind of all <laughs> thought about that scenario. If you're like the last two people on earth, I feel like yeah. I've talked to other people about this. It's like, you know, what happens if the world ended today? What, mm-hmm. do you, what do you do? Short answer. It depends. It definitely depends. Yeah. But I think what you learn from Boom is choose wisely. Yes. <laughs> You know, these doomsday scenarios, it's uh, you read the news these days. It doesn't seem too far fetched, but uh what is the biggest sort of challenge beyond the fact that it's a second stage, beyond the fact that it's, you know, a, sh- a smaller cast, beyond the fact that this is, you know, the first time that we're, you know, a lot that these roles are being assumed by, by your, you know, this company here. Mm-hmm. What is sort of, you know, the greatest, the greatest fear, I guess, you know, for, for you guys in this production here? Hmm. Why do you do it? <laughs> I would say the greatest fear is money. At this moment. At this mm. moment. Yes. <laughs> I think in the end, my personal fear, um, I, I feel like it's, I just want to make sure that this entire thing works out. That's why I'm so focused on just boom at the moment, because I, I'm so focused on getting this, you know, running and going and I guess there there is that fear of because it is our first run around there it um that you know fear of failure although it is part of the learning process but it it can be a, a very difficult lesson to learn so I have a button that I show my students sometimes it says fail harder mm-hmm. it's like you aren't failing hard enough kid yeah you gotta fail you gotta fail harder um boom by Peter Sinatra Peter Sinatra though not a local writer correct mm-hmm. no. But local people in the production, yes, for the most part, yes, San Joseans, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't. Is that a thing, San Joseans? It I is think, now. I think so. <laughs> I think so. I think that's the right way of saying it. Yeah. I hope so. Otherwise, I've just been living a lie my whole life, and that's that's we never good. That's <laughs> never good. Um, what else? Do, what else is? Oh, well, hashtag mini lit. Of course, is yes. is the best. We way do have to that hashtag. Follow the production, but um, you know what? What can we hope for here, leading up to the production? What's are we? What what's what's the exciting thing we gotta we gotta talk about right now? Uh, hopefully, you can see some videos that we put up. I'm mm-hmm. hoping to work on that. Um, maybe some more pictures and interview with the cast members and the directing team and the designers. Mm-hmm. Kind of a backstage pass. That's good. Yeah. That's the good. show itself also has a, t- I would say there is a tiny bit of a twist within it, um, within the story. It's a tiny little thing, but it is a very important thing. Um, so there's that. 
that you have to look forward to within the actual story. Um, and as far as mini lights, my family actually, because we were just talking about our, um, you know, worries about money and everything, uh, my family has decided to organize uh, a fundraiser this upcoming weekend. Let's just get down to the brass tacks real quick. Yeah. It costs money to produce these things. It does. A lot. <laughs> but what does it take for somebody to, you know, be that angel investor, be that person there that, that can donate the thing to, you know, what, what is the, what is the actual dollars and cents here? What are we talking about? Are we talking like thousands of dollars? Are we talking about tens of thousands of dollars? Like, is it, is it, it depends on the sums? size yeah. of the production. Yeah. Oh. Um, I don't know how this works. I don't. <laughs> I, I come know, from the background of podcasting and, and words and the theater, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, there's a, there's a room. We but have I mean, goals. Been, you know, we have like our that. bare minimum, what we can work with. And then we have, well, we could do so much more with this. And so, and so each level gets you a little bit closer to being more professional, I would say. How important is it for, you know, donors in a theater having that, that support network? It's essential. It is essential. Um, it's easy for I think people to think that uh, ticket sales cover everything, and that is definitely not true. It is a very important portion of the money that comes in, but um, support um, from individual sponsors and like corporate sponsorships are always um, very, very important and essential to the way that you run a company. Does Mini Lights have they Do they have those, or is it is City does City City Lights obviously has those things. Yes. Some corporate sponsors, all those wonderful mm -hmm. people and, and philanthropists. But has Mini Lights created that network yet? We're just establishing ourselves. We would love corporate sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one of our goals to have a successful production of Boom is to establishing ourselves and um, making us an option to donate to, really. What we, does one have to do to, to become a donor? Is it, it, it must be just, you just pick up the phone, right? You can um, pick up the phone. You can call uh, City Lights and let them know that you want to make a donation to the Mini Lights Emerging Artist Program. Uh, we do have a donate button on our personal website, um, and you can also go on to the City Lights ticketing website and make a donation through there as well. Tickets just don't just don't pay the bills these days. No, <laughs> I don't think did, they ever. I don't think yeah. Did they ever? Yeah, right. Did they? Like ever. I said, it helps. Every yeah. every cent, you know, every dollar helps, but they it certainly isn't the end all be all. Yeah. The the business management part of it is a, is an essential skill set, but at the end of the day, you know, it's it's artists performing, mm -hmm. being artists, doing their thing. What keeps you coming back to this process? This you know this many lights. <laughs> being in this theater production, being in the marketing for theater mm -hmm. production. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's not a million dollar job. I mean, we're not, you know, flying Learjets here. We like to create art. Yeah. And we, um, one of the important parts of Mini Lights is that um, all of the, the Mini Lights staff is under 30, which is pretty big considering that you don't really find a lot of 20-somethings just running theater companies. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a, an important part of why we started Mini Lights because everyone that's you know younger and up and coming, we are the people that are going to someday be running theater companies. So if you don't know how to run a theater company um, responsibly, then where is the future of theater going? 
Mm. And also above the positions that we all work on individually in the administrative roles, uh, most of us are actors, directors, writers, mm -hmm. uh, scenic artists. We all participate in theater in other ways and want to see it keep growing. Mm. Where do you see San Jose in this theater, uh, you know, the greater barrier theater scene? Is it something that is, you know, San Jose is sort of emerging as a location now that can do these things or is it you know what how how does San Jose fit into the the grand scheme here I feel like San Jose has always kind of been chugging along I feel like San Francisco gets uh, you know more attention than uh, other places but whatever uh, yeah <laughs> but there is a thriving community in the South Bay and just you know like San Jose being one of them but also you know Palo Alto and Mountain View um there is a strong community of, of art in general in Silicon Valley that often gets forgotten. And I think that's part of what's important to us is that, you know, being, how did you say it, San Joseans? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, San uh, Josean? Yeah. San Josean. Keeping that, that art alive in our community is very important. Um, so I, I think as long as we don't give up on it, it's always going to continue. Uh, we just want to help make it stronger. And I think it will continue knowing that there are, you know, things like mini lights out there, you mm -hmm. know, looking for the, the emerging artists, looking for the, you know, the younger sort of generation of theater professionals that, that want, their, you know, to get their foot in the door. Um, having those opportunities is essential for any artistic community and I I'm hopeful that San Jose will continue to offer those types of things and I I fingers crossed hope booms a smash goes Hopefully. bang boom yeah you yeah. know and uh, I keep using hashtag boom hashtag more hashtag than one boom. ways yeah. <laughs> I think it's gonna be great and I think it's the start of something something really truly awesome yes. um are there any other second stages in the Bay Area that you that you know of off the top of your head? Mm, I know that the Dragon Theater in Redwood City does. They have a very active second stage program that they have. Um, theirs is much more tied uh, to the actual main stage that they have. Um, but theirs just kind of throughout the year, they they have. I think they they take turns in how their productions run. Play on Words was able to use that space uh, last fall. Yes. In I forget what it, what it was called specifically, but every I think Wednesday or one Wednesday a month they open it up to a Wednesday or a, or a Monday something like that. Yeah, I, they for, have I forget which day it was. Yeah, they have those evenings yeah. that, that they have open to the community to use for things. That was neat. Yeah, that was that was a fun night. That was a fun night. Well, Yvette, Aaron, thank you for being here on the Plan Wars Power Half Hour. Unfortunately, it's we're out of time. This was fun. Thank you for having us. Did it feel like a half hour? No, no. <laughs> I was yeah. like, "How long has it been?" <laughs> That's good. That means that means that means things are working. But we sure do appreciate. And just to plug one more time, boom, Peter Sinatra. It's running February twenty second to the twenty fifth at City Lights Theater Company mm -hmm. in San Jose, on First Street. Second. On Second Street. Yes. Yeah. That's right. South Second Street. South Second Street, Sofa Neighborhood. Find out more at minilights.org. Or follow them on the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Twitter. Follow their hashtag, Mini Lit, <laughs> just like it sounds. 
Thank you very much for being here. Is there anything else that we need to know about the upcoming performance other than it's going to be awesome? Uh, tickets price range is 15 to 22. And then you, you were saying something about an opening night gala. Tell us more about that. Is we, that happening or is that something that I just made up right now? No, it's, it's, it's happening. <laughs> we will be having, uh, after the show, we will be having a little, um, we're going to have some heavy apps served afterwards, just a little bit of a celebration. And that's Friday the 23rd? Yes. Means you have the, the 22nd more of a technical review or something? It'll be a full It's a full, full deal. Show, oh, okay. Yeah. But Friday's the big party. Yeah. Yeah. Get one out of the way. <laughs> Throw it down. Let the actors get used to an audience. That's yeah. right. That's right. Well, I'm excited. I'm getting my tickets. I think I got my tickets, actually, already. But get yours now. Mini lights stuff. Power Half Hour with your host, Ryan Alpert. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And check out the rest of these episodes on SoundCloud and also on iTunes. They're all there for you. Waiting for your ear holes. That's weird. Okay. Stay <laughs> okay.